Missouri has a huge opportunity tomorrow against a top 15 Iowa State squad. The Tigers have what it takes to pull it off. Well, I've got at least a couple reasons why I think it can happen. So let's talk about the Cyclones matchup coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And tomorrow, of course, Mizzou, like as I said in the, the tease, a big time opportunity here to really solidify its NCAA tournament status against a very game Iowa State Cyclones team. You got to be impressed with the job that TJ Hals- Holzenberger has done so far up in Ames a couple years ago. Well, the clones were absolutely terrible and had really fallen off. But now, just in TJ's second year, that's really impressive stuff to have this team as a legit top 15 kind of squad here as we get ever so closer to February. And, well, the numbers, the advanced stats of in particular over at KenPom.com do have this game as a virtual toss-up despite Iowa State's obviously a very good basketball team. Now, one thing, Iowa State really good at turning its opponents over, but Missouri takes care of the ball pretty well for the most part. We also have another clash of tempos, I would say. Now, while Missouri hasn't been playing at the warp speed that it played in in the non-conference part of the season, Missouri is still among, I would say, the top 5 to 10% or so in terms of pace in the country. Missouri almost certainly going to lose the rebounding battle. And again, for the rest of this season, that's probably going to be the case. It's probably certainly going to be the case against the Cyclones tomorrow. All I really ask is that all five guys on the court find a man and attempt to box out. That's all I can really ask for. Also, in terms of offense, Iowa State, a really good offensive team that really has been borderline great in Big 12 play, which is frankly a problem because, well, Iowa State is one of the best defensive college bas- teams in college hoops so far this year. Now, so far what I've just laid out for you probably doesn't sound very optimistic if you're a Missouri fan, but one advantage I think the Tigers potentially have, the Tigers get to the line a lot lately, especially so far in SEC play, and well, the Cyclones tend to foul a lot as well. That's a good formula for what is promises to be a very excited weekend crowd at Mizzou Arena. Certainly the home whistle, I think, will go Missouri's way and should go a long way to hopefully helping the Tigers to a victory. Now, one thing to look out for for Iowa State tomorrow, will Caleb Grill play and will he be effective? Because his back is definitely something to worth is worth monitoring. He played in the previous game against Kansas State, started one of his first eight from downtown, just didn't look like he was moving like himself. It, it just didn't look right. You know, you could tell he was struggling with that back on the bench at times. So 
the coach for Iowa State even mentioned that if they lean on him a lot against Kansas State, which they did, by the way, as far as I could tell, I watched 90% of that ball game, and he was in there for a lot of it. He even admitted that they might not, they might have to sit him against Missouri, which makes sense, honestly, because really this is a bigger game for Missouri in some ways than it is for Iowa State. Iowa State is trying to win the Big 12 right now. Now, Missouri, they have, they have goals too, no question about it. I, I don't think an SEC championship at this point is realistic. I hate to say it. I just think Alabama and Tennessee have shown that they're the class of the league at this point. On the other hand, I think Missouri should absolutely be playing for a top four seed. That should be the goal. Let's go for a, a first round buy, a second round buy as well, I believe, right? Isn't that the isn't that the format? I'm now forgetting. But you you want that double buy, I believe, is the result there if you get the top four seed. And I think that's something that M- Missouri can realistically shoot for. But again, it's a bigger game for the Tigers. They're on the right side of the bubble right now, but you really want to solidify that by beating a quad one type team like Iowa State at home. So to me, Iowa State, not as much to play for here. Caleb Grill might well sit out this game, which would really be sad because that is a glorious Ray Mysterio, or excuse me, Dominic Mysterio like mullet he's working with there. But again, if Iowa State is without Grill, who is, in my opinion, pretty clearly their bre- their best shooter, well, that's a big time loss for them. And even if he does play, I just have to imagine he's probably limited. But of course, as you might expect, Iowa State does have some other good guards with somewhat disparate skill sets. Gabe Clauscher, in particular, well, he's a really good mid-range scorer like his game. Jaron Holmes can definitely play. But one thing I did notice is that down the stretch for Iowa State, well, they have a bit of a tame and lipsy problem. Their point guard, their leader in assists. Well, Jerome Tang, Kansas State's coach, during the crunch time of this basketball game, doesn't even bother guarding Tame and Lipsy on the perimeter. He's he's putting a, a relatively big guy, about a six foot eight forward, on the player, on the point guard, and he's he's ten feet off of him, maybe even fifteen, just hanging out in the paint and daring him to shoot it. And Lipsy's not doing it. And well, down the stretch, while Iowa State did pull off the victory. Having that second defender just hanging around in the paint there, along with the Iowa State big man as well, his defender, well, that really gummed up the works, I thought, for the Cyclones offense. And I'm sure that that's something that Dennis Gates and his staff and advanced scouts have taken note of for sure. Really, you know, the previous, the previously mentioned Gabe, the Gabe Clauscher, he hit a really tough long, long two down the stretch. Iowa State got a putback, but it wasn't exactly pretty offense down the stretch. And again, I just think the Lipsy shooting factor, really something to watch there. Does Missouri just completely disrespect him all game? Do they do it down the stretch? That sort of deal. Something to watch there to me. And coming up, it's been a great start to the Dennis Gates era so far. But you know what? A lot of people have been pointing toward analytics as a big reason why. And I think that's a tiny bit overrated, and I want to explain why I think that is, but yes, the NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner at Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. 
That's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, well, even better. They have so many great features that make sports betting fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. And you know what? I actually have a bit of a suggestion for all of you. Once you sign up today at fanduel.com slash locked on. How about for that first $5 bet? Let's take a long shot to lead the game tomorrow in rushing between the Eagles and the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell at six to one. Yeah, he actually outrushed Christian McCaffrey last week. So that's a possibility to me. That's a little bit too long, but you know what? No matter what you're into football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook pon- sponsor of the NFL. Thanks again for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen today now for your second listen check out locked on college basketball everything you need to know about college hoops in one place plus hear from big name experts insiders coaches and players that's locked on college basketball available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts and speaking of sort of the bigger picture of college basketball i feel like the analytics revolution for the most part is already here. We talk about analytics a lot and stats and yada, yada, yada. And I got to say, I just think the next revolution in college basketball, whatever it is, I'm not so sure that data is necessarily the answer. And I've seen a lot made about Dennis Gates and how he uses data. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure he does use data, and I applaud that. I think analytics, statistics, of course, the smarter better deity you can get, then yes, that's going to, in theory, give you an edge on the competition. But here's the thing. I think at this point, just about everybody is using the analytics, or at the very least, they know what they say. Now, are they listening? Are they, you know, every roster is different too. It's not as though every single team is equipped to, well, let's play pace and space and shoot a bunch of three-pointers and you know, get never throw it into the post and and blah blah blah. Whatever the analytics generally say that basket the most efficient style of basketball is, well, you always have to adjust it to whatever your roster is best at doing as well, and whatever your opponents are doing as well. And there's also something called the law of diminishing returns as well. Once everybody has done something. Well, you start to adjust to that, and defenses start to adjust. Tactics start to change. And, by the way, I was reading a Mizzou magazine piece about Dennis Gates and his reliance, I guess, for lack of a better word, on analytics, and they talked about how Dennis Gates hired HD Intelligence, which is an analytics firm that's used by Nate Oates of, of Alabama, Eric Musselman, and many other programs, including... You guessed it, the University of Missouri, as far back as at least 2021, because at HD Intelligence's website, well, they brag that, hey, Missouri, 2021, they were using this and they made the NCAA tournament. 
So it turns out Conzo Martin was using analytics too, maybe even much the same numbers. It just turns out, obviously, Dennis Gates is coming to a different conclusion with the same numbers, perhaps, about what type of basketball wins. Because obviously, the difference between I won't even I won't even bother getting into the specifics. Anybody who's watched the last two seasons of Missouri basketball can tell that the stylistic changes between this season and just last season have been night and day. No no Conzo Martin team ever played quite like this. That's for darn sure. So to me, I think sort of if you're going to give the lion's share or the tiger's share, as I like to say, the tiger's share of the credit, boy, that's brilliant, isn't it? That's really clever stuff. But seriously, if you're going to give the lion's share of the credit to analytics for what Dennis Gates has done so far, I think you're kind of missing the point a little bit because, again, this is 2023 now. It's not 2015 when the Golden State Warriors were just now starting to play a relatively similar style of basketball to what Eric Musselman and Nate Oates have thrown out there. Lots of people play this way now. Whether they choose to go that direction or not, based on stylistic preferences, different changes, or maybe looking even further toward the future than what most people are seeing right now, I just think it's much more than numbers than what Dennis Gates has done. Again, I gave Gates a ton of credit for keeping everybody on the roster engaged so far this season. Well, in particular, Isaiah Mosley and Mohamed Diara and also Ronnie DeGray and Caleb Brown as well. All of those guys have had their moments of playing good basketball and obviously also having their moments of being on the bench for long, extended periods of time, if not weeks. And yet... He's getting productive play out of all those guys in the previous game. I don't know what numbers are telling you how how to manage that. I don't know how numbers tell you how to manage human beings, but it seems like that's something that Gates is incredibly good at, and his whole staff, beyond just the basketball part, it seems like they're really good at the human part as well. And coming up, as you wrestling fans are well aware, tomorrow is the Royal Rumble where WWE often makes new stars. And that got me thinking, who for Missouri in the past has been a real true draw in terms of actually moving tickets at the box office? Let's talk about that right after these quick words. As an observer of movies and the movie business over the years, I would say that recently the star system has started dwindling a little bit. But there's no doubt that still, if you can if you can get Leonardo DiCaprio or Tom Hanks or Denzel Washington, Meryl Streep, somebody like that to sign on to your script, well, you've got a lot better chance of getting that movie made because those people are draws. They tend to get people into the movie theater. But it's not just scripted entertainment. Sports has some of that same dynamic, of course. Now, team sports are tricky because, you know, your team winning ultimately is what's going to draw numbers for sure. But, of course, in the NBA, we've seen this phenomenon for years. There are certain superstars like Stephen Curry, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, of course, Michael Jordan, who have drawn tremendous 
numbers on the road where, hey, I'm a Charlotte Hornets fan or whatever. Maybe maybe it's half full most nights, but, oh, look, LeBron's in town. Shocker. It's now a sellout on this particular night. Well, I was just thinking, who has really done that at Missouri over the years? And it's it's really tough to figure out when you think about it because, again, it's a team sport, and winning is what's ultimately going to draw the most, especially at the college level. But on the other hand, though, you have to say Michael Porter Jr. objectively sold a tremendous amount of tickets. I mean, coming off the three worst years, I would say, certainly in modern Missouri basketball history, to be able to then essentially sell out the season the next year in terms of season tickets and all that good stuff, well, that was that was wild. And I'm not sure that we'll ever see anything like that again at Missouri for a long, long time. Now, on the football field, I actually think Brad Smith eventually got there. Now, the second he stepped on foot at campus, was he a draw? Well, no. He actually redshirted his first year on campus. But, man, if he didn't get people excited pretty quick, I'm crazy. And I I have no doubt about it that Brad Smith was an absolute star and drew people to Faroe Field. There's just no question about it. Again, tough to separate from the wins because obviously Brad's presence drew a lot more wins as well, but still, I'm going to put him on the list. And by the way, Chase Daniel, as good as he was and actually a better overall quarterback than Brad Smith, really that 2007 team, that 08 team as well, really the team was the star. You had Jeremy Macklin on that team, number one, who a lot of people May have thought he was the star of the team. They thought he was the most exciting player. I, I was actually one of them. Nothing against Chase Daniel, but really Macklin and Brad Smith are probably my two favorite Mizzou football players of all time. But you know what? There's one more guy here, and I think he's maybe the most interesting to talk about as well. You got to remember, end of the Norm Stewart era, a good final season for Norm, but obviously the wheels would start to come off at least at the very tippy top of that program toward the late 90s. And, well, Quinn Snyder ended up nailing one big-time star recruit in his first class. And, of course, that was Kareem Rush. And if you're maybe in your 20s, maybe you're a current Mizzou student or something like that, this is going to be almost hard for you to imagine the hype that existed for the Rush brothers. Not only Kareem, but of course, his older brother, Jerron Rush as well. Of course, the youngest, Brandon Rush, actually had ultimately had the best NBA career of the three. But at the time, it was all about Jerron Rush, who eventually wound up at UCLA. But of course, everybody in the country, including Missouri and Kansas, were recruiting him. Kareem, the little brother, was a, considered a tremendous prospect as well. Ultimately, Kareem was the better college player, I would say. Jerron, the better talent. But the point here is that, geez, just, just made me think about what a crazy different time we have today. I mean, really, just in the last, doesn't even have to go back that far. Even 10 years or so ago, when when the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo, we barely even had any film on him when he was drafted. And that was 2013. Well, these days, if there was somebody like Kareem Rush, who played in Kansas City, by the way, you'd have tons of footage of him, full games out there on the internet, his huddle highlights, all that good stuff. Well, back in the day, you literally could not see the Rush brothers 
unless you more or less lived in Kansas City, you went to a local high school game, you saw the highlights on the channel, the Channel 9 News or whatever it was, because how else? How else would you know? Well, I got reports from my friends in Kansas City, my friend Brett, who had actually played against Pembroke Hill. You know, it was mythical, though. It really was. And and was that time better or worse? You know, I don't know. It's it's just totally different. I just think it's interesting, the idea that back before you could see these guys at such a young age, your imagination could just run completely wild. Now everybody has an opinion, if you would like. If you would like, you can you can watch hours and hours of footage of Bronny James, LeBron's kid, right now. He still doesn't decide where he's going to college, by the way, but it now is looking like he is going to attend college. But, you know, just imagine what it was like when we were just hearing back in the day Arvidas Sabonis when he was trapped in the USSR. Well, not a lot of footage of him either, but you kept hearing about this guy who's seven foot two and can shoot the three and pass. But it was like, but since you couldn't actually see it again, it was like the myth built even more. Like compare that to Victor Wimbanyana. I mean, we already have a pretty good idea of what Victor looks like as a basketball player. And uh, yeah, we've already seen him take his signature shot, the sort of floating three pointer now a bunch of times. So as, as crazy as Wimbanyana is, I think we'd be there almost would be even more hype if you couldn't see him, strangely enough. So again, not sure if one of those is better or one of those is worse, but it's definitely different. No question about that. And well, I guess it's better for me if somebody likes to do a little bit of scouting like I did against Iowa State. But again, hey, thanks for joining me here on Locked on Mizzou. I will certainly be here with a recap of the Iowa State game. When the time comes, hopefully a big Tiger victory for you. And also, if you're looking for the whole world of college basketball, definitely check out Locked On College Basketball, our brand new podcast. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get finer podcasts. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Mizzou.